Welcome to BSD Talk number 34. It's Friday, April 21st, 2006. Today we have an interview with Mark Brewer, the president of Covalent Technologies. But first, a little news. Both Free and NetBSD have released their first quarter reports, so definitely go check those out and see what's happening with those projects. OpenBSD has uh, had some success with donations. Some large donations of note were $10,000 donations by the Mozilla Foundation and GoDaddy. So that's great. Let's hope uh, more of these donations keep coming in. And I do want to remind people that BSD Can is happening May 12th and 13th in Canada. So please check out bsdcan.org. I won't be able to make it there. So if anyone else is going and recording audio, and you'd like to have that audio aired on BSD Talk, please get in contact with me because I think it would be a great addition to the show. Wish I could be there. All right, on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Mark Brewer. He's the president and CEO of Covalent Technologies. So I want to welcome you to the podcast and uh, ask you to perhaps introduce yourself and give us a brief introduction to Covalent Technologies. So again, I'm Mark Brewer from Covalent. Covalent uh, Technologies has been in the business of providing support for open source technologies now for more than eight years. We primarily support technologies that come out of the Apache Software Foundation. And those projects or software packages are things like the Apache Web Server, the Apache Tomcat uh, JSP and Servlet Engine. And then recently we announced support for Apache Geronimo, which is a J2EE container that, that is competitive to many commercial application servers on the market and other open source projects like uh, JBoss. And then the other large project that we support is Apache Axis, which is a web services framework. So all of these technologies are software you can get free of charge by just going to the apache.org website. What Covalent does is takes those, those software products, brings them in-house, and runs them through our QA and test labs creates a certified distribution or build of those products with a nice installer, and then we sell support. When you buy our support, you get that build I just mentioned, but you also get tech support, somebody you can call and ask questions, uh, knowledge base, you can search for questions or search for issues, and then also a, a guaranteed bug fix um, or SLAs for, for the products that you, you use us for support around. And that's something that's unique in the open source world. You can't go to the Apache.org site and submit a bug request and get a guarantee that it'll be fixed by tomorrow. Uh, the reason we can do that is because all the projects that we offer support for are projects that we have code committers within the ASF on staff. So we have somebody who works on Geronimo, works on Tomcat, works on the web server, works on Axis. And in some cases, we have multiple people that, that work on those projects. And then finally, what you get with a support plan from Covalent is um, what you expect from a co commercial software vendor, and that is indemnification of the, of the product. So as you know, open source software is not uh, going to provide you with any indemnification against patents or copyright infringements. Traditionally, you go to a commercial vendor to get that, and that's what Covalent provides around those open source technologies when you use us as your support provider. 
So what's it like being in the business world and at the same time operating in the free software world? Does it cause people's eyebrows to go up when you try to describe what business you're in? I think less so today than it used to be, but yes, as you just noted, it's, it's not easy to describe a business model that says, oh, I get how you make money when something is free. We contribute our engineers and support teams' time to a community that doesn't pay them. They spend time writing code, fixing bugs, answering questions, and we don't make any money off of it. On the other side, we go to customers, enterprises traditionally, or sometimes software houses that say, I need to have support for this technology. And the best place to get it is from the people who are the authors of those pieces of software. So to answer your question, it's, it's a tough business model to describe, but in the last couple of years, you've seen an awful lot more small startups come out and even some big companies come out that are doing just that. Sure, you have the MySQLs and you have the JBosses of the world where most of the software is actually owned by them and developed by the, the people who work at those companies versus Covalent where we only have one or two committers for each project as opposed to all of them that, that work on it. But the business model is the same. They sell a support plan, you get the software and you get tech support and you get all the guarantees and fixes and so forth that, that Covalent provides from those those other vendors. So as I said, it's easier to describe our business today than it was a couple of years ago. And certainly it's helped a lot to see the adoption of open source technology in enterprises. If you look at how fast uh, big Fortune 1000 companies are adopting open source, not just Linux, in the last couple of years, it, it tells you why it's easier for people to come to Covalent or more likely for people to come to Covalent looking for that kind of support. Now, looking at the stack of software that you're offering support for, it seems like there's a fairly common licensing thread among all of them, which yep. is the, the Apache license right. or something similar to that. And that license does allow for proprietary forks of that yep. software. And do you feel that there's perhaps some pressure on businesses like yours to try and create a value-added part of that software and not contribute back? Well, there's certainly a lot of companies out there taking Apache projects, adding value to them, writing proprietary add-ons and selling it as a product and relicensing it under a commercial license, not licensing it under the, the Apache license. And that's one of the, the beauties of that that generous license, the BSD-based or Apache licenses, that you can do whatever you want with the software in, in both what kind of changes you can make to it, but also in how you would license it out to your customers. So, yes, there's pressure not just from, from uh, other software vendors where they're looking for ways to make money off of open source technology, but there's also even internal pressure in a company like Covalent to say, if I just added some IP to this, I could probably charge more money for my support for my product. Uh, we have made a change and a conscious decision not to do that only in the last two and a half years. When we first started, we were indeed writing proprietary add-ons to Apache-related projects and making money off of those add-ons. Today, everything that we build goes back into the community and goes back to whatever a project is, is appropriate. Now, some people would say that the GNU public license, the GPL, is the license that's needed to remove that temptation. And some people would also say that large companies might be reluctant to contribute their hard work to a BSD or Apache license project out of fear of, you know, handing other companies the rope that will hang them. And I didn't know what your thoughts are on that debate. Well, first, I'll, I'll take the side of the GPL. 
it is absolutely true that that license, and this is true for the GPL and LGPL, that license assures that there won't be any forks, um, and it also assures that any vendor, any company, won't take that software, change it, and make money off of it, but not further the project, further the open source community. So that's that's what the principles of that GPL license were all about, was to make sure that it stayed open source and that anybody who could contribute to it had to contribute to it, right? Didn't have a choice. They couldn't take the code and change it and license it under something else. So I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of good in, in what the GPL has done and still does today. The, the negative side of it is, is it doesn't it doesn't enable or encourage somebody who wants to take a product uh, or take some software, open source software, and use it in a proprietary product or application. So you don't see the SAPs of the world, you don't see the Oracles or formerly Siebel or, or anybody else taking GPL software code, GPL license code, sorry, and putting into their applications. And the reason is because they're afraid of two things. One, if they actually make a modification, they have to get that modification back to the community. And number two, that they can't license their application, what they've built under a commercial license or anything that's not a GPL-type license. So um, ISVs clearly shy away from any GPL code. That doesn't mean they won't make sure their product runs with or alongside of GPL software like Linux or even JBoss or, or other things, but they won't embed it for, for those reasons. And then I think the as far as the um, commercial enterprises, you know, Fortune 1000 companies have similar fears, not because they're in the business of selling software, but because they're nervous about their engineers or development staff making changes to some source code that may end up making it into a product that they either sell or host a site for, for their partners or, or customers. And not being clear in the GPL today whether or not that constitutes a derivative work and means that you have to then uh, relicense your, your new version or new product under the GPL. The good news on that front is, is that GPL 3 looks to address that a little more clearly so that uh, corporations who are not in the software business but might take software modify it, and then make the, the product or application available to their customers or constituents uh, won't have to worry as much as, as they do today, or at least we'll have a clearer understanding of what they have to worry about. So do you feel that the, the current licensing offers you a competitive advantage uh, over some other software out there that ISVs might attempt to include? Yeah, I, I clearly believe that the Apache projects and Apache licensed software is friendly to ISVs, to software vendors. Just look at how many different companies have embedded uh, Apache projects or product inside of their offerings. IBM's been doing it for years. Even BEA has done it. Uh, Oracle has done it. Novell. And the list is not only growing, but I, I think in the future you'll see virtually every software company out there using some type of Apache-based technology, whether it be a web server or a servlet engine or, or otherwise. That wouldn't happen if the GPL license was being used for those technologies. They would they would find a different way, probably you know rewrite it themselves instead of taking advantage of the work that the community had already done. So yes, it is a competitive advantage and disadvantage, as I already stated. The disadvantage is if you're trying to further the community and make sure that any enhancements go back to that community, the BSD or Apache license doesn't ensure that. Now on to maybe some specific projects. Recently in the news, there was a big splash with the purchase of JBoss. Right. And Covalent Technologies offers something that 
perhaps I guess would be a competitor to that, which would be the Geronimo Project. I didn't know if you wanted to speak a little bit about uh, the Geronimo Project and how you feel it fits into that competitive landscape. Well, first off, JBoss has been extremely successful, as, as was highly touted in the in, uh, merger news that came out. We are a partner of JBoss. They've done very well for us, and, and we like to think we've done very well for them in, in helping customers adopt their technology. Geronimo is a, a new application server that only received its J2EE certification in January, so three months ago. Uh, we picked it up as a project primarily because it's not only an Apache-related project, but our customers, many of our customers, were asking us for support around it because they were looking for an alternative to WebLogic, WebSphere, or even JBoss. And so now to answer your question, the, the difference is the same one we've been discussing, and that is the license. Geronimo comes under an Apache license. So for an ISV, it, it is almost a no-brainer for them to decide to use Geronimo over JBoss, assuming the functionality in Geronimo today meets their needs. And the, virtually the same thing is true for enterprises who have some fear of taking in JBoss code that, that they might change. They would look at Geronimo and say, this makes more sense to me. The other thing to note as far as the difference between JBoss and Geronimo is that, that Geronimo is a, a modular J2EE container. It's built so that you can add in functionality as you see fit or remove it if you don't need it. So I use the term lighter weight J2EE container. I think if you add all the functionality that JBoss has into Geronimo, they're going to be the same weight. But if you don't need all of that stuff, you, know, you don't need messaging or you don't need some of the business process and rules engines, then you get a much lighter weight container that might make it easier for you to deploy your applications on. And that's something that, that you can't do with JBoss today because it's grown very large as far as uh, all the features and, and size, actual size of the, uh, the application server. Now, one thing that Geronimo and JBoss both have to deal with is Java itself. True. And that's got its own license, and I didn't know whether that creates its own set of difficulties. It creates a set of difficulties because, of course, you need to get the appropriate license the Java runtime engine from those vendors that provide them for their platforms. So Sun, of course, is very generous. Um, HP and, and IBM are as well, but you do have to go get those licenses before you can distribute uh, distribute Geronimo or JBoss. That's something we're, we're watching very closely is the Harmony project within the Apache Software Foundation, which is a, a full open source version of Java, both a, a JDK and a J, uh, Java runtime engine. And, of course, when that project makes it out the door as a, a certified Java runtime engine then or a virtual machine, then it's going to be something that both Geronimo and JBoss will probably look at adopting because it makes it a lot easier to license that. And will that be released under something similar to the BSD or Apache license? It will, absolutely. It is an incubation project right now within the Apache Software Foundation. There's no way of predicting how long it'll be before it's done, but uh, we're hoping by the end of this year, early next year, we'll see something. And by employing members of the Apache Software Foundation and Apache committers, how has that drawn covalent technologies into the whole open source community? Do you maintain CVS trees of your own, or are you part of mailing lists, or do you maintain your own separate development branches? So we take all of our, our code directly off of the ASF branches. We don't do any kind of separate version. Now, of course, when we do a compiled build of all the components, 
from that point forward, then it goes through our QA test. So it has a uh, might be version 2056 of the Apache web server or Geronimo 1.0. That's the, per the version that we've downloaded, sent off to our QA department to be tested, and that's what we distribute to our customers. All of our engineers have commit privileges into directly into those projects. So they're working on them, making changes for the Apache Software Foundation. If those changes are in the version that we then distribute, then of course that's what the customers get. Frequently they'll make a change to something that's not actually in our, our current distribution. An example would be Tomcat. So we have a couple of the Tomcat committers that work at the company. Our current distribution of Tomcat is the most recent one is 5.5.9. Well, they're, the current release from the Apache Software Foundation is 5.5.16. And the reason why we haven't shipped a newer release is because Covalent always waits until we feel that the current release is stable, or the most recent release is stable, and that there isn't a lot of outstanding uh, priority one bugs that need to be addressed. And given our involvement in those projects, we we're aware of that. We know when something is stable. So 5.5.16 is not a stable build. Uh, just go look at the mailing list for Tomcat and you'll see many people having problems with it. So we watch those as well as we're involved in them. Obviously our engineers are also answering questions and fixing those bugs so they know when, when something is ready to go to production for, for our customers. Well, it must be wonderful for those people who are working on Apache and Tomcat and the other projects to uh, not have to do that as a side hobby but rather to be paid full-time to work on the project. It is a bit unique. and I think if you asked any of them, they would tell you their, their daytime job is the same as their nighttime job, which wasn't the case before they worked for, for Covalent. And they might have worked for Sun or IBM or somebody else where they were engineers, but their their passion and their, their nighttime jobs, if you will, was to get involved in the project. So I guess uh, the easy answer to is there money in open source would be yes. <laughs> it is possible to build a business around that. It is definitely possible, and um, I'll, I'll give you one more kind of tidbit about how you make sure you can make money at it, and that is pick projects or pick technology that is both required and, and being utilized in enterprises. In other words, it's not necessarily bleeding edge, the technology that people are using in their infrastructure today or will be very soon, and then pick technologies that are, are robust and stable, you know, that they kind of go hand in hand, but if you don't, if you pick something that's really early in its development cycle, like Harmony, well, that's, that's not a good example, but pick, pick another project within the ASF um, that is, is far from being completed. We won't adopt it as something we support until both our customers have said we need that and we're ready for it, and we're convinced that the product is stable enough. Otherwise, you don't make money in open source support because you end up spending lots and lots of engineering cycles supporting those customers when you didn't really charge them much for support. And how price sensitive are your customers? Are they choosing open source software, do you think, mostly because of performance and features, or do you think price has a, a large effect on their decisions? I would say it's changing. Uh, it used to be price. Price, and in the case of the web server, price and performance, because of course the Apache web server has clearly been proven to be stable and secure whereas some of the proprietary offerings have not. But if you look at all the other projects, it's usually driven by, I need to reduce my cost and dependencies on some of these proprietary application servers or web services frameworks and, and other technologies that you might have paid a lot of money for. When I said it's changing, in the last couple of years, we've seen more people look to the open source community 
because it is innovating. It, what's coming out of those open source projects is, is bleeding edge. It's stuff that you don't even see, at least not yet, from some of the proprietary vendors. So I think the change is that people are expecting more from open source projects than what they used to expect. It's no longer just commodities. It's no longer some technology that's old and, and kind of has been. You actually see some very innovative and new things come out of open source communities. And, and people are looking and waiting for those and willing to pay for support for them. You support the Apache stack, mm -hmm. but uh, on what operating systems do you support running your software? So we ship for six different platforms, operating system platforms, both 32 and 64-bit, and those are Windows, IBM AIX, Solaris, also Sun x86, HPUX, and who did I forget? That's only five. Oh, Linux. And the Linux, of course, is all flavors. We certify on, on SUSE and Red Hat. But, uh, we run pretty much any Linux out of the box. Any plans to support the BSD operating systems? It's funny. We used to. It just, the demand dropped off. But we have, actually have a couple of customers who use it and we do their builds for them on BSD, but it's not, um, it's not a platform we see much in enterprises. And if it changes, somebody starts using it, especially some of the big customers, yeah, we certainly would, and we have the capability of doing so. Do you uh, dare to take a guess as to why the BSDs maybe have dropped off in demand? <laughs> well, I think there's a there's a number of reasons, but Linux has certainly had a big effect on that. Linux just took off and has done so well, at least in the commercial enterprises, the big fortune accounts, and that's that's where our customer base comes from. Any... Big plans for Covalent in the near future? Well, I think the, the big plans are, are that we will continue to take and adopt technologies out of the Apache Software Foundation as they're ready for the enterprise. And, of course, as I said, they're stable enough for us to support. What's exciting is is how many new projects are coming out of the ASF or how many are in incubation right now. I, I don't even know the number, but 30, 40 different projects inside of the incubator at the ASF right now, and we're involved in four of those that I know of, and so all four of those that we're involved in will likely be things that we support, but that's that's a huge shift in the last two years. The Apache Software Foundation was well known for its web server and pretty well known for its Tomcat servlet engine, and then Geronimo was under development for a long time, but that was about it. There were only really three or four main projects that people were using. Today, there's 30 already projects out there, and then, like I said, 30 or 40 in incubation. So that's the exciting part is we get to be involved in that and get to help our customers adopt those if they're appropriate. Thank you very much for speaking with me today, and good luck with Covalent Technologies. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Take care. If you'd like to leave comments on the website, you can reach it at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you want to send me email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. The opening music is compliments of the OpenBSD development team. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 34.